The trick is to figure out as quickly as you can how to engage with what you and the customer both don't know together so you can both put skin in the game and learn what that new product is going to look like in practice. We're talking today with Batten Research Fellow Shaban Omani from Boston University about what kind of village or community fosters new venture development. Omani and her co-authors attempt to understand the secret sauce of incubators and accelerators in particular. Are they helping entrepreneurs and how are they doing it? Siobhan, welcome back to the Research and Relevance podcast. Thank you, Erica, for having me. Can you talk a little bit about what drove you to decide to conduct this research the way you did and what were your findings? Well, from our perspective, there's accelerators going up all over the place. It's, they're hot, right? There's some research that shows they have a positive outcome on entrepreneurial outcomes. But we don't know what's happening inside. It's really been a black box. There's some secret sauce here about getting cohorts together. But we really wanted to take a process perspective to figure out what exactly goes on inside once you get into an accelerator. And what did you find? So a lot of the entrepreneurial literature really talks about differences in access. How do we access capital or social networks to get resources in the early stages of entrepreneurship? But when you go into an accelerator context, that completely changes. You're inundated with all kinds of people who want to talk to or you should talk to. So the first thing that surprised us is that some of the entrepreneurs just kind of didn't want to go down that path, even though they were in the accelerator. And they pursued a very transactional approach. They really only wanted to engage with people that they thought had a high potential for signing a deal. Anything else was, in their view, inefficient. So, for example, a coach or a mentor. Exactly. They were very transactional. They would turn down opportunities to talk to their cohort. They would leave conversations that they didn't surmise had immediate utility. So we found that behavior um, very interesting. When they received feedback, they would kind of deflect it. They weren't too interested in changing their product or service. So they end up iterating, but maybe iterating in the wrong direction because they hadn't engaged broadly and they didn't pick up a lot of contextual information. And when you say they didn't engage broadly, you mean in understanding the market better. Yes. And so a third of our entrepreneurs out of the 30 we call transactional. The second group, they were searching to confirm whether their innovations would work. And in health, what really matters is showing efficacy because insurers are not going to cover your innovation or service unless you can demonstrate efficacy. So these entrepreneurs, we call confirmatory. And uh, they did search broadly. They did engage with way more people than the transactional searchers. You know, they talked to some retired executives and people, maybe some regulators, people that were not directly on the path to a deal. So they got that part right. They would recognize when they got feedback and they would attempt to reframe their product or service, but they didn't know how to deal with ambiguous feedback. So they ended up iterating and making changes that tended to narrow their scope, narrow their audience of, of relevance. So those were the confirmatory entrepreneurs. And in a perfect world, how might an entrepreneur respond to ambiguous feedback? Well, then you would be what we call our diagnostic entrepreneurs. 
these guys search broadly. They talk to everybody. They got lots of different feedback. They got concrete feedback, you know, fix this part of your user interface or how you're going to store the data. But the thing about concrete feedback is it focuses you on implementing a solution without knowing enough about the context. So they got a lot of ambiguous feedback, but they weren't um, afraid of it. So we call this taming ambiguity. These entrepreneurs would engage with their, their customers and the executives they interact with. So they would translate what was ambiguous and try to make it clear. And by doing so, they were able to identify new possibilities. So what's really important about the diagnostic searchers, as we called them, is that they didn't just start iterating on the concrete little stuff that they got from the, the feedback they got. What they did instead was obtain that commitment of resources from the person they're talking to and invite them on a learning journey that in the end for this group really expanded their market scope. And so what would be the implications of that for um, a potential entrepreneur who's listening? Well, if you talk to innovation scholars and they say, well, it's time to implement and execute, you should search narrowly because strong, thick ties help with execution. But what's interesting is that the entrepreneurs in this accelerator that we studied that did the best actually search broadly and they figured out how to learn from the information that they gained. I think the trick is to figure out as quickly as you can how to engage with what you and the customer both don't know together so you can both put skin in the game and learn what that new product is going to look like in practice. That reminds me a bit of what our professor here at Darden, Sarah Sarasvathy, talks about with her entrepreneurial uh, methodology of effectuation, that co-creating with a customer or with a strategic partner of some type right. is a critical skill for an entrepreneur. Is some of that a personality type of the mm -hmm. entrepreneur? You know, Carol Dweck talks about the growth mindset. Is it aligned with that type of personality? So we have these three different types of entrepreneurial behavior. Why do they exist? Where do they come from? So we looked at all different kinds of um, alternative explanations for what we found. We looked at gender. We looked at graduate school degrees. We looked at or their differences in subsector, differences in the kinds of clients they were talking to. We didn't find any of those differences explaining the behaviors that we saw. So it could be that the mindset, right, that, that the entrepreneurs who can engage more diagnostically, who are really um, open and, and modifiable, have this open, different you know, as Carol Dwight would say, the growth mindset. And it could be that the transactional searchers are more fixed mindset. We don't know for sure what led these people into those buckets. But there's the next research project. I think Susan Cohen, who's been about in Fallow, also has done a ton where she finds that, you know, programs that are more structured and more formal, where you have more iterations of pitching and more chances for feedback, um, the entrepreneurs in those uh, accelerators do better. Other accelerators are more loosely structured. I think from what we've learned with this study, if there was one piece of advice I would have for the managers and directors of accelerators is, does this entrepreneur want to participate in a cohort? 
what did they want to get out of this accelerator experience? Because you can provide all these connections and resources, but ultimately, you know, are they going to be a contributor to the cohort? Are they coming in with this transactional mindset or are they, um, viewing this as more of a learning opportunity. And I think you can think of some questions that you could ask to get at that. Um, because I think, you know, not every entrepreneur is the same and they, they have different objectives and different way of working. And the, the accelerators, the one thing they do share is this cohort-based learning model because any cohort is a learning community. Well, as you said, given the proliferation of accelerators, it's important that we figure this out. And so thank you for the work you're doing and for joining us today on Research and Relevance. Thank you, Erica. This has been the Research and Relevance podcast. I'm Erica Herz with the Batten Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the UVA Darden School of Business. Our producer is Gary Peters. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to learn more about Darden's entrepreneurship and innovation research, please visit ideas.darden.virginia.edu.